You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. From the author of the book by the same name, it's The Best Saturdays of Our Lives Podcast with Mark McRae. We all get that song stuck in our head. We all get that ear bug, I think is what uh, they, they call it. Sometimes that bug is the intro to one of your favorite Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, it certainly happens to Mark and I all the time. Mark, Mark McCray, everybody. How you doing? I'm doing great. How's it going with you, Dan? It's going all right. Going all right. We're, we're, we're kind of jumping without a parachute on this one. There's no real uh, notes to go by, so to speak. Uh, this is going to have a more organic kind of flavor to it. We're going to go through our favorite Saturday morning intros. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This song, this theme song has always sort of been a favorite with me, created by a composer named Nelson Brock, and it's the Megillah Gorilla theme. And what I really love about the Megillah Gorilla theme is it has a lot of big band sound, a lot of trumpets, and a really great close and great singing. It just really resonates with myself. We've got a gorilla for sale. Godzilla gorilla for sale. Won't you buy him? Take him home and try him. Gorilla for sale. Yeah, I really love the Megilla Gorilla theme song. I oh my mean, God, that was great. It. That was great. Yeah. And Nelson Brock was an outside person that Hanna-Barbera hired to do this theme. And, and as far as I'm concerned, he really delivered. And the the singing, everything about this theme song and the open and the close is just so great. And my favorite part, of course, is, you know, near the end where, you know, you're waiting for the singing voices to just sort of make this sort of breakthrough where uh, uh, I think it goes something like, take our advice at any price. A gorilla like Megilla is mighty nice. Gorilla, Megilla, gorilla for sale. And I mean, and then the big band closed and it's a wrap and it's just awesome. Take our advice at any price. A gorilla like Megilla is mighty nice. Gorilla, It's just awesome. It's, it's just like you can feel the musicians like really loving what they were playing and what they were doing. And oh, totally, it's, it's totally. Like, it's it's one of those theme songs where the musicians like just kind of let loose, right? What I don't understand is why didn't Nelson Brock do more theme songs for Hanna Barbera? Oh, dude, you know because he should have been on their payroll. He should have been on retainer with Hanna Barbera. You know, when I interviewed Ted Nichols about all the music that he composed for uh, Hanna-Barbera, you know, being their musical director for 10 years, he he mentioned in the interview that Hanna-Barbera would often hire outside mus musicians to compose the theme song. And that was their only job. And once the right. theme song was composed, Ted Nichols would base a lot of the background cues and themes on whatever theme song was composed. 
I mean, one of the questions, you know, I did ask Ted during that interview process that's, you know, in my book, like, well, who are these people? And he said he couldn't remember. Oh, but it was huh. definitely Nelson Brock was one of the the people that definitely was an outside person that Hanna-Barbera brought in to, co- to compose this awesome, awesome theme song. So the opening theme would inform the the music that was used for for the series for the series oh okay okay right. yeah 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 cool yeah and in and in some instances Ted Nichols says that sometimes that was a little bit harder than just composing something original yourself sure sure because you might have a swinging old intro like this and right. it's like oh my gosh well now I need orchestration and how do I blend this into the background in terms of the flavor of the show ultimately right. working off of someone else's passing the you know accepting the torch so to speak in that because uh, you know in Hollywood it isn't one person ever doing anything it's 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 all right. collaboration what uh, right. what struck me about this was the economy of setting animation in terms of the the background in terms of the setting yes it's a st- it's we're looking at this it had like maybe three four static camera shots so to speak that it it moved between and not rapidly it was focused on the animation of the character of mcgilla gorilla and his antics and then mm-hmm. uh what his running crew shows up the these bunch of hillbilly looking other animals uh, no <laughs> like what those guys you know so like one of the things that Hanna barbera created you know when they jumped into the television industry they created the middle and end cartoon right. and so mcgilla gorilla was the headliner but there would be two other cartoons oh, that aired along of course with the series right but in syndication a lot of times they would mix elements, at least in the New York uh, station, uh, the show ran on WPIX. They would mix elements of the McGilla Gorilla show with elements of the Peter Potamus series. And, Got it. Uh, okay. But they kept the same open and close. And I'm like, well, why Why are Breezley and Sneez, Sneezley showing up on McGilla Gorilla? But this is something I found out later. Okay. Okay. Got, you know what? Right. Uh, but, but there was never a crossover between the characters until... Uh, uh, Yogi's Ark Lark, where it featured like almost every animal star from the Hanna-Barbera catalog. Everybody you heard the last episode, uh, Hanna-Barbera versus Hanna-Barbera, Laugh Olympics, all of that. Uh, and we'll be getting into Ark Lark. And um, basically, I'm having a quick intervention with Mark so we don't go down that trail right now. But, <laughs> but yes, uh, as a kid, the USA Network would cut these up. And you may have McGilla Gorilla and then... Uh, the Herculoids and then, oh, and then, and then an old Yogi bear. I, that, that may be hyperbole. Everybody go ahead and send us an email and tell, tell, tell the world how wrong Dan is. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit it. This is the McGilla gorilla show starring me and Mr. Peebles with mush mouse and pumpkin puss and ricochet rabbit and drupals. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Dan, what's one of your favorites? 
All right. One of my favorites, <laughs> I've talked about it before, and I can't talk about it enough, is the opening theme. And I have to preface this by saying, the, the from what I understand, the North American opening theme to The Mysterious Cities of Gold. Yeah, I figured that one would, you know, sort of make our list. Oh, it's banging. <laughs> it's it's on, it's, it's, you know, other people, you know, put on a CD to listen to Madonna. And I also put on a CD to listen to Madonna. But also Mysterious Cities of Gold opening theme. Children of the sun, see your time has just begun. Searching for your ways through adventures every day. Every day and night with the condor in flight. With all your friends in tow, you search for the cities of love. Yeah, what's really cool about that opening theme song, it's just fills you with all types of good feelings and it's a catchy theme song and you want to know the lyrics right away and uh, the images that are in the background kind of shows these kids having a great time while they have their adventure but the vocals and everything about this open is just really great and and super addictive a little bit of background and I, I'm going off of, of memory here, everyone. So again, go ahead and uh, go on Facebook. We're there. Tell us how, how much I'm screwing it up and how much you want my job. Send Mark your resume. The show was produced for the European market, animated in Japan. And then as like a third component, a thir- a th- the, the third part of that of that production process was like, oh, and you know, Canada and America as well, I suppose. The original mu- music composed in Japan is cool music. It's a bit subdued. So if you've ever heard of Power Rangers and so much more, Haim Saban and uh, what is it, Su- Suki Levy? Yes, uh, Suki Levy. They had the opportunity to write their own theme music for the North American English release, which was on Nickelodeon. And man, I I guess they felt that the Japanese composition was subdued. So they decided to go in and turn this up to 11. I mean, Mm. not just the theme, but the music itself in the show is just so over the top. Yeah. They imbue an almost Miyazaki quality to the show. Uh, the the uh, creator of, uh, you know, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Spirited Away, Ponyo, th- those movies. Right. It feels like, especially that first episode, man, if you have, make sure to get the show in stereo and crank, crank it up because this music is, will blow your mind. Yeah, I, yeah, the music would absolutely blow your mind. I mean, the first time I heard it, I just fell in love with it right away. And I had never heard this theme until, you know, you brought it to my attention. You know, uh, the 
series itself, The Mysterious Cities of Gold, was one of those series that sort of uh, got past me. And that was mainly because I did not have cable television at the time and I wasn't getting Nickelodeon. (laughs) Ironically, I was working at Group W Cable, my first television job, and I could watch Nick if I wanted at work. But my job was to monitor our own air and not watch (laughs) the competition. and And not Mysterious Cities of Gold. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The network that was re-airing Star Trek, the animated series. Uh, Right. (laughs) Mark and I met in uh, Trek Lanta, uh, 19, or no, I was about to say 1999, uh, 2019. Uh, And I was walking up and it was, it was the closing minutes of the con and you were, you were boxing up and looking to get out of there. And on my way to have a smoke break, I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to buy your book. Like I, cause I sat in on your, on your panels. Mm-hmm. And as where you're, uh, you were making the, the, doing the business and you're signing the book and all, I mentioned Mysterious Cities of Gold. You know, of course, you know, uh, uh, Levy and Saban, you know, everybody knows them. And I knew you would know them. But I was like, this is when, from what I understand, they weren't in a necessarily a producer capacity. But in a in a composer capacity, and the music was banging, and there was someone else at your table, I think, and you were, you know, you we were doing. I was buying your book. We were having a little chit chat, and and I brought that up, and all of a sudden, you just laser focused over and looked at me. You were just like there because there was someone else at the table that you were also kind of you know who was I don't know if you were having, I don't know who it was whatever uh, probably an awesome person because they were at Trickland and Trickland is awesome. Uh, you instantly just snap over to me. Like I have your complete undivided attention. <laughs> and you're like, right. what, what, what are you saying? What? <laughs> and I, start- <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Levy and Saban did this, did, did an entire soundtrack that is just cuckoo bonkers over the top. And I got into the whole story of its production and Nickelodeon. And uh, we exchanged uh, contact information. Right, right. I, I think mentioning who the composers were, that was like, wait a minute, you know who those guys are? They're like my favorite right. composers uh, from the 1980s, you know, uh, Hayam Saban right. and, and Suki Levy. Those guys are just amazing. I mean, like, right. Dan and I can probably do a podcast just about them and their Absolute, music, totally. all the iconic music that they have done. Yeah. And so as soon as he told me that those guys were connected to the mysterious cities of gold, I was like, well, I know the theme's got to be great now because those guys never, I mean, everything that they do is super amazing, and you know, musically. And uh, once I started watching, one of the other things I noticed is that one of the sub-themes that they created for the mysterious cities of gold end up <laughs> as a background theme on Shira and He-Man, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, dude, He-Man and She-Ra. I mean, in terms of legitimacy, how much more credentialing do you need, good people? It's a, uh, a sort of forgotten series that I feel everyone should uh, definitely check out for sure. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tony. Do you like ads about podcasts? 
You know it. How about ads about Doctor Who podcasts? Even better. Well, you're in luck, because this is an ad about a Doctor Who podcast. Wow, I love it. And you'll love us, the Watchathon of Rassilon, a podcast about Doctor Who. I'll buy 12. Actually, it's free. I'll buy 13 then. Yeah, so my next favorite that I'd like to talk about is H.R. Puffin Stuff theme song. H.R. Puffin Stuff, push your bend when things get rough. H.R. Puffin Stuff, can't do a little cause you can't do enough. Once upon a summertime, just a dream from yesterday. And I just love this song because it just hits on so many levels. It starts out one way and then it it sort of has a lot of peaks and valleys. Right. And the lyrics are just great. They're just really very catchy and addictive lyrics. Like there's a part of the song that I really like that is the lore for Jimmy to get on the magical ship, yeah. even though I think Jimmy would have gotten on the magical ship anyway. Sure. Or or there wouldn't have been a show <laughs> or series. <laughs> I mean, he's prancing but around it, the forest with a flute. I think I, I think right. I think this kid's up for anything at this point. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, and Jimmy's played by uh, the awesome Jack Wilde. Yep, yep. But anyway, the part of the song that I really like is, you know, when they're saying when they're singing Come and play with me, Jimmy. Come and play with me. And I will take you on a trip far across the sea. Cross the sea, you and me. Cross the sea. Actually, that part doesn't go like that. I just (laughs) added it in. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody, for the reboot, give us a call. HR Problem Stuff. Right. Mark McCray, music director. That's the remix. That'll yeah. be the remix. <laughs> yeah, right. Come and play with me, Jimmy. Come and play with me. And I will take you on a trip far across the sea. Love, love, love that part of the song, and and then when Jimmy gets in danger, every and every phase of the song, the music changes, right. but yet it is all connected, and it is just wonderful. Though the boat belonged to a cookie old witch who had in mind the flute to snitch. From her broom broom in the sky, she watched her plans materialize. She waved her wand. The beautiful boat was gone. Listening to that reminded me of those storybook 45 records. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Yeah. I remember those yeah, yeah. very fondly. Yeah. And what I love about that opening theme is it's another one of those that's it's, it's a standalone tune. You know, you could imagine hearing it on the radio, maybe not in the top 10, but maybe the top 20. It's 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 a kicking little track, and it's it's though that '60s like you know folk duo. It, it had a Peter Paul and Mary kind of vibe. There's a Puff right. Magic Dragon kind of vibe there, and you don't need the visuals to to dig on that. Well, it's kind of funny uh, that you say that um, because the theme was written by a gentleman named uh, Les Severus, but there was also a lawsuit because Paul Simon. Felt what? that the song was a little bit too close to the 59th Street Bridge song. Oh, you know, ho, ho, feeling ho. groovy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. 
No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. And he, Paul Simon, successfully sued. Wow. uh, Really? Marty Croft, unfortunately. But I don't care because I still love the theme song anyway. Oh, yeah. It's nice to know that you got inspired. You know, like sometimes... I don't think people mean to look. I wasn't in the room. I was a little kid. I don't know what really went down. No, but no, it's, it's, you know, you can listen to something that you like and sometimes subconsciously it gets in your head. And next thing you know, it's part of your theme. And you're, you, you're not even thinking of where it came from because I know like when I'm writing, you know, absolutely nonfiction or fiction, you know, I've had to catch myself. I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. I, what I, what I just wrote down, I know I read somewhere. So let me just take it out. Absolutely, absolutely. No creative endeavor happens in a vacuum ever. You right. you cannot. There's no. Okay, audience, imagine a fourth primary color. You can't do that. No. All all ideas concepts are are in one manner or another inexorably derivative of something that came before, and that's just the way it's always going to be. Uh, no, I, I hear nothing but genuine good intention in in this song. Absolutely, I'm I'm going to make the call. I'll be I'll be the judge and jury. Mark, no, Sid Marty Croft were not at all looking to rip off Paul Simon Simon and Garfunkel. They may not have even had time to jam with a whole lot of Simon and Garfunkel. You know how much work right. went into those Sid and Marty Croft shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be surprised right. if they uh, even knew what day it was half the time. <laughs> Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, but anyway, that's the story. It's still one of my favorite theme songs. But, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting, though, because I also think that I, I feel like there was another lawsuit involving Sid and Marty Croft. I think it had something to do with the Mc, the McDonald characters. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that yeah. whole McDonald land business that went down, which I think Sid and Marty Croft successfully sued. Yeah, McDonald's for you know for ripping off characters that look very similar. Mayor McCheese is is H and R is H R Puff and stuff. Straight. I'm, I'm right. also right. going on the record. Um, and right. that that everybody you can hear in our spinoff uh podcast. It's all about Sid Marty Croft called mm-hmm. Podcast of the Lost. <laughs> oh my gosh! Too funny. Exactly what to do. He saw the witch's bold attack, and as the boy was fighting back, he called his rescue racer crew as often they'd rehearsed and off to save the boy they flew. But who would get there first? So, another interesting thing about the HR Puff and Stuff uh, song, and this is something that in the 60s and 70s, there was, there was usually an opening theme and maybe a different closing theme. Yeah. And yep. so for the closing theme, uh, they hired a singer, maybe some session singer to sing the closing theme. And I don't know who this woman is, but she has an awesome voice and she brings a whole new sound and tone to the closing theme. Is Jim the, the boy in the show? The actor mm-hmm. is Jack he Wild. Jack Wild is he listed on the soundtrack? Yeah, as in a yeah. as in a singer on the soundtrack. Yes, uh, hold on. Yeah, it says Jack Wild singing and and Billy Hayes. Okay, follow me on this one. Mm-hmm. I knew that you were having trouble figuring out who it was, and then I listened to it. Okay, Michael Jackson, right? He sings. Mm-hmm. What does Smokey Robinson say? 
voice sung well beyond his years in terms of mm-hmm. the the emotional understanding he had of the content he was singing. Right. When you listen to the outro again, imagine Jack Wilde singing it. Got someone who loves you. You got someone who cares. You got someone who picks you up if ever you need repairs. You got someone who take the time to listen to your prayers. I got you got everybody. You got someone who cares by the name of it is him yeah yeah because as soon as he says see you next week everyone it just sounds like the same person it sounds like a sister that's what you said that's yeah certainly the first second and third thing i heard yeah right Okay. Yeah. Um, so when I first heard it, I thought it was a session singer that Sid and Marty Croft hired sure. to sing the clothes, to give it a different flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely a, an African-American woman. But up, upon closer examination... <laughs> what did uh, There's a certain part of the song where there's this upward inflection, and I was like, wait a minute. I, I closed my eyes and imagined a little white British boy who was digging... Who is who is digging down in his lungs, you know, and just digging right. deep, and uh, and just bringing it. Well, I mean, what you just said sort of makes sense. I mean, Michael Jackson was pretty hot back in those days. I mean, this is 1969 we're talking about. Right. And his sound was not lost on people in the music industry. And you have a brand new show coming out. I mean, H.R. Puffin stuff was Sid and Marty Croft's first production. You know, they did supply the uh, costumes to Hanna-Barbera for the Banana Splits, but this H.R. Puffin stuff was like really their baby. Right. And Michael Jackson was very popular, and I'm sure he was influencing a lot of singers, especially up-and-coming singers or, or people who were close to Michael Jackson's age, and Jack Wilde was definitely close to Michael Jackson's age. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jack Wilde took a page from how Michael Jackson sings the inflections and decided to uh, sing the clothes in a very soulful way. Uh, we figured it out right here. Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Who sings the closing theme to HR Pub and stuff? Right. There you go. Mystery solved. Good job, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's Militon. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Sure hope so. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. So, Dan, tell me, what is the other, what is one of your other favorite themes that you think people should know about? In terms of occupying my heart and my mind more than any other, and that's Robotech. I'll get into the rest of that. That's, you know, that's for our eighth spinoff podcast. 
Uh, right. It's all about Robotech called Robotalk, but spelled uh, R-O-B-O-T-A-L-C-H. <laughs> The opening theme is right there with Star Wars. It's there with the theme to the Christopher Reeve Superman films. It has an inescapable John Williams quality to it. Yeah, a lot of it's done with the electrical instruments of its time. There's def- That's definitely a drum machine. No one's going to pretend about that. They did do a film in 2007 where they did that score, but with a full orchestra the opening theme for Robotech, I love it. I love the I love the fact that it's instrumental and it's telling its story through images and music, and there's not a narrator that's letting you know everything that's going on with the theme and let you know what's going on with the show because that's what most opens do. Mm, but right, what right. I get from it is take to the skies. Right. And it's very, there's a feeling of uh, patriotism in the opening theme, right. as, as well as, you know, like uh, uh, the composer, John Philip Sousa, that was his thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Dude, I, I can, I, I, I'm hearing that right now in the theme. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. And even though this series doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, you know, America and the United States, what it does translate to is unity and being together and facing whatever is in the future right. together as as a fighting force. Right. And to me, the theme song delivers all of those promises that you are going to see when you start watching Robotech. Uh, Now, this was composed by Ulpio Minucci. That was hard to say. Give me, so I just, I yeah. just need to take a breath after saying that. But I totally, mm-hmm. I, okay, I totally crushed. I totally <laughs> you crushed nailed it. it. You nailed it. Totally dude. nailed it. Totally nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the soundtrack is all over the place and amazing and tells a story all its own. The soundtrack is still making money, and there is also a lyrical component. There's a character named Lin Minmay and several original English compositions, actual pop tunes, if you will were wow. composed for this and those still are those still make money every five ten years they release a this or that anniversary two three four cd set at conventions right it's a total thing sounds like star wars it sounds like uh, it, so- it, so- it sounds like star wars on the fourth of july 
How's that? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great description of how it sounds. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, even the images of the open. Yeah. Even though you know that there's something bad going on, a war. Yep. A lot of war. Uh, it's all about war. You saw, you, yeah, you definitely get the feeling that, I mean, some of the images do kind of say fireworks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's that scene where you see all the lasers and everything flying around and going back and forth, and you don't see anything being destroyed or hit. So it just looks like it's just fireworks. But, yeah. you know, maybe that's what they were going for. <laughs> hey. You know? Fourth of July. Robotech is full of those sweet laser times, everybody. podcasts then you're gonna hate thunder talk tasteless subject matter mature humor contempt for our co-hosts unapologetic social views edgy music and total irreverence for the nerd junk we love are all reasons why no one no one no one should listen to thunder talk find us on the eso network and all podcasting platforms or don't whatever Uh, hey, if you could do me a favor, Mark, and tell me how proud of me you are for picking out that it was, uh, what's the name of the kid? What's the kid's name again? <laughs> that it was Billy Wild. Billy. Is oh, it? Jack Wild. Jack Wild. Now you got me saying, <laughs> it's Jack Wild. <laughs> I just want you to be proud of me, Mark. I just want you to be proud of me, uh, for, for picking out that it was Jack Wild. Certainly not for forgetting his name for the fifth time in all of this. Mm-hmm. This whole podcast is just a chase for your approval. Yeah, I was really impressed that you listened to it. I'm glad you listened to it and you figured out that it was not some session singer that was a sister that was hired uh, to sing the end theme. You know, that's an expense. And this show, you know, Saturday morning uh, programming, you know, were on very tight budgets. So, um, and, you know, Jack Wilde, is a singer, so not why not use him to sing out? It just made so much sense. So I'm glad you got me to listen to the theme song again, and you know, and I'm glad that uh, you were able to figure out something that uh, my heirs could not figure out. Oh yeah, well you know, little British white boys. Uh, I guess I have an ear for that. That came out all wrong. All of that came out flat. Let's do this. Uh, why don't you take us on the uh, on the outro? All right, three. Two, one. Hey, Dan, I just wanted to tell you how proud I am of you <laughs> to figure out the mystery of the mysterious singer. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, good night, everybody. Uh, best that is on the podcast. Right. Just check right. it out. <laughs> The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a co-production of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives studios and the Weirdos Workshop. To get a personalized signed copy of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, 
go to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com. This is Mark McRae signing off. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.